everybody and welcome to another episode of Time Extend. I'm your host Brendan Rorison and today I'm joined by Adam Ismail and uh, yeah we're flipping the intro around this time because we have a special guest, uh, my friend Chris, who is joining us to talk about Taurus Trophy uh, for the simple reason that we've known each other forever and this is his favorite game in the world. So Favorite uh, game. Favorite game. <laughs> How you doing, Chris? Are you ready to talk some tourist trophy? Uh, what if I said no? Can we just do this another time? <laughs> well, well, no. well, that would really that would really kind of fuck everything up. So. A little bit. That's what sure, I'm doing. No, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Um, always, always down to talk my favorite game. So um, follow your lead. Yeah. Um, so tourist trophy. Uh, we're, we're getting. We're just like going right into this pod. We're leaving. We're leaving nothing to question. Um, this came up as an episode that we wanted to do with you, Brendan. You were like randomly like, I want to play Tourist Trophy. And that yeah. also led to us making the new art for Time Extends Tourist Trophy based. Um, so yeah, we've been on a bit of a Tourist Trophy kick lately. But you said you were playing it and it was like, why don't we just do an episode on it? Because it's, it's a game I always forget about until I remember it. And then when I remember it, I'm like, Jesus, this game is so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one of those rare gaps in my polyphony catalog in terms of games that, that they've made and, and playing those. So any excuse to play it and, and bridge it into time extent seemed to make sense. I think as well, the full caveat here is that I am not traditionally a bike person either. So the the main guide towards wanting to play it is the fact that it's a polyphony digital motorbike game. And polyphony digital nowadays, obviously just strictly Gran Turismo. But like anything kind of slightly different they've done, whether that be Morton way back at the start or Omega Boost, that sort of thing. Um, I think as well, just the, the curiosity that is Tourist Trophy is interesting purely because it's it's almost like a fan mod by the company themselves, <laughs> taking like a game they've made and using it for a different purpose. It's a good so comparison. It's, yeah, it's it's an interesting it's interesting. So when we had the chance to play it, knowing how hyped you were about it, Adam, and then hearing about how one of your friends, Chris, who's on the pod, of course absolutely adores it it just seemed to make sense to, to finally get into this one yeah uh so way back when we were we were writing for gt planet uh, i wrote a story about this game and it was just like typical you know where's the new where's tourist trophy 2 like why can't we have a tourist trophy 2 um and for that story i just asked chris a ton of questions because we were living together at the time and um the way that i was introduced to this game despite being you know doing the podcast being obsessed with Gran Turismo and everything this game actually came out at a time where I really did not give a shit what was happening with GT because it was like they were doing that weird Gran Turismo HD thing and like I wasn't I didn't have a PS3 I had 360 so it seemed like Polyphony just like was could they couldn't figure out what the future was going to be so they just like quietly came out with Tourist Trophy and I didn't care I maybe didn't even know it came out and then years later probably because this game came out in 06 probably by like 2009 or something um chris and i get to be good friends and chris's dad like used to race for honda back in the day um you can give additional details as like what kind of racing because i forget but he was really cool he, he he raced for honda he worked for honda on the motorcycle side so chris comes from like a motorcycle family and like you introduced me to this game without you I probably would have played it at some point, but like I wouldn't have been that hyped for it. I don't know, like God, like 15 years ago or something. Yeah, 
it's funny because it was mutual. I had it, and it was one of those games that, like, I got as a as a gift from him. I think one day, and you know, how sometimes people get you some games they don't know anything about them, and you just don't have any desire to play it, like this and Toe Jam and Earl, and like all this dumb stuff that just sits <laughs> in the corner forever. You come over one day, and you're like, you have this. I have no idea what it is. We pop it in and play it and sort of show me how it's connected to Gran Turismo, which I think I also had never played. I owned it. I never played it because it was wicked hard and I was dumb and then figured out this is actually some like really advanced stuff going on here. They put a lot of effort into it. They did a really good job capturing at the time what it's like to ride a bike and everything that was going on with the market and all the gear that's in it. Because um, I wouldn't have ever played it if you didn't point it out. It would have sat there collecting hmm. dust for forever, um, and and it's the best. But yeah, it was one of those things. Um, my my dad worked for Honda. He was a, a an enduro guy and a supercross guy. Okay. So a lot of racing in the woods, um, racing on um, dirt tracks and things like that. And <clears throat> he get sent around the country doing different stuff for work and, and had a lot of road experience and, and he rode just on the on the street for fun. Um, so it was one of those things that he easily just sort of found one day he was traveling, he brought back home. Um, and once I started playing it, realized how good it was and how deep it was. Um, they did a really good job capturing what it's like to ride a bike in 2006, just with the tech of the PS2 and, and the engine. Yeah, that's so interesting. So I was always under the impression that you knew this game like before you introduced me to it and it was like your favorite game. I didn't know that like your dad bought it on a whim and you hadn't played it yet. That's that's pretty yeah. funny. That and Castrol Honda Superbikes for the PS1. Well, that game that game is not good. Um yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this this was a funny time because like at the time you weren't very much into cars and mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about bikes and I still don't know that much but I learned a lot through you so like you were playing Gran Turismo 4 and we kind of go back to this and references every now and then but like you were texting me like Adam what what's an FR what's an MR what's the best MR I can what's get what's the for this? best FR I can get for under 30,000 credits yeah in a list of 864 cars go right but like, yeah, I mean, this game, Polyphony's games, they teach you a lot, and that's still that's still happening today with GT7. So it's kind of funny that that that's how we were both introduced to the game. So, um, yeah, for me, Tourist Trophy is the kind of game where I do not know what it means, you know, how it feels to ride a motorcycle. Bren, to my knowledge, neither do you. We're, we're neither no. of us are bike guys. Um, but you still there's still like a depth of the physics that makes sense compared to like if you play any other game like even something like modern like ride there's just like and maybe it's because like modern sims are maybe a little bit more punishing but like it's just fun to play tourist trophy and maybe some of that enjoyment is implicit in the fact that it's doing some of the work for you or it's a little bit more forgiving but at the end of the day like if I'm holding a controller, I'm not moving my body. Like, I just want to have a good time. And I think that's what they, like, understood with this game that maybe, like, other devs don't really understand as much. Yeah, yeah. I think with with the way 
they balanced everything, it was a lot like Gran Turismo at the time. It could be a little bit more serious if you wanted it to be, but it was never inaccessible and, and you could get into any type of bike. Um, the only other enjoyable bike experience I've ever had in a, in a game with a controller is Drive Club, and that's horrifically arcade-ish. It's great, but it's, it's like a different conversation. Um, ride's okay. Ride doesn't feel engaging um, to me yeah. in a weird way. It's really fun to, to get new bikes and put new parts on it and buy new gear, but just for me, something about it is pretty dull, and, and the actual race experience grinding through those championships, it gets old pretty quickly. Um, and I just want to play Tourist Trophy instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming from a, a racing game fan point of view, as opposed to a, a motorbike expert or anything like that, when I tried playing rides, I kind of felt it similar in terms of like the grind and stuff, maybe being a bit much and it being a milestone developed game, having the traits of the types of games that they put out. Obviously, don't have the greatest budgets, but you feel it sometimes the game design and stuff whereas tourist trophy right off the bat is a, a lot more streamlined experience than even polyphony usually dabble in so the the level of accessibility to different types of bikes and, and tracks and all that sort of thing is far and away greater than i expected just coming off of gran turismo but also compared to other bike games and stuff you you would have imagined tourist trophy would be more structured like a typical car pg or in this case bike rpg or something um but it's it's not really like that at all it's actually a lot more of an, an immediate experience where the, the the riding is the focus and it's it's all the better for it i would say based on my time so far yeah i i think this was the start of polyphony starting to experiment with like different sort of career modes and like single player experiences um like imagine if they had applied this like gran turismo psp it yeah. probably would have been a better game like tourist <laughs> trophy tourist trophy strikes a good balance and i think it it benefits partially from the fact that we all just had played gt4 so maybe we didn't really want a gt4 sized experience again but like it it strikes a good balance between being like too bare bones and too much like make your own fun and just too empty and just yeah. having like too much to sort of like trod through like I, I like that the way that they go about like experiencing a lot of the bikes in the game, the vast majority of bikes is by going into like the challenge mode and beating a bike one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and they're customized for every bike. And they, they don't, you know, some of them are difficult, but a lot of them, you know, especially earlier on aren't, and you can probably clear them in like 30 seconds. And it gives you a sense of enjoyment and you don't get everything too easy because the difficulty is is different for, for certain bikes. And um, you kind of get a good, you're able to sample the gamut of the game's motorcycles. However, if you want those like, like those Suzuka eight hours bikes that like are at the end of the game or like those weird, like customized bikes by companies I've never heard of before, like to get stuff like that, you have to go into, you know, the mode that is more like the Grand Prix mode or, or the career, whatever you want to call it, where you have those events that you would see in like a GT4 or GT7 or something like that, where you have multi-race championships and, and, and do that sort of thing so like there's a good balance between both of those and this game has um a lot of content because it carries over so much from from gt4 that it still feels very big but you know you're going through everything like 
you're re-experiencing everything for the first time. Like, I mean, the the feeling of like taking a motorcycle on the Nurburgring is like not an experience you're going to get in really that's how like PGR. I don't know like any game that let you do that, but like Chris, right? Like, I mean, a a bike on that track is just like you never hear about it, you never see it happen, but it's cool to have that have that opportunity. You could do it. There when they have those, you know, open days and you go to the Nurburgring and you pay whatever amount of money and you take your own car around, they mix it up with bikes. And if you just show up, you oh, can just okay. go weave through everybody with another bike or another car on the track, which is bonkers to me, but you can do it. I guess they really need some money. Um, right. But it's it's not something that I'm super excited to do in a game. Like it would be cool every now and then, but if you're going to make me have to do a championship there or an event, it's not the best. Um, the handling is a little iffy yeah. and yeah. you're just not going to really be able to to get around the track without incident. The curbs are super high. There's no forgiveness. Um, it's it's a lot of work to put in the game and it's a lot of work for you to actually complete the event. So besides PGR, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to do it often, but it <laughs> it's a thing that happens in real life, which is a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is like the thought of doing it in ride does scare me. Like I would never want to do it, but tourist trophy is fun. So like I can actually like, I mm -hmm. would be willing to try that every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ride does a good job of advancing um, the tourist trophy feel. I think in some ways you can feel the back end coming loose and you can catch it a little bit more because with a bike, you've got so many more axes. Um, so you've got to worry about how far leaned over you are. You've got to worry about things like you would on an airplane, like pitch and yaw and all this stuff. Um, you have to worry about the front and rear wheel stepping out of alignment how far you you're lined over front and back your, your body position on the bike and they do a pretty good job of helping experience uh helping you experience all those things when you're going around a lot of the circuits but there's a lot of forgiveness built in there so you it, it's a little numbed down in a lot of situations especially on the faster bikes just so you can actually complete the race um i'm glad they have flashbacks for that reason um but <laughs> yeah, i'm also needs them. <laughs> it really does um it's it's a lot more rewarding and enjoyable because of it but i think the, the better balance overall is tourist trophy where you can just go into a race you can do a bunch of laps go up against one bike or, or do the race mode and, and go up against the other ai um and you don't need them and you're going to be able to have a really good time yeah brend i'm interested to know like how the feel of of tourist trophy compared to other motorcycle racing games you might have played yeah so i mean in terms of other motorcycle games that i've played i'm actually or used to be quite a big fan of the kind of mxgp stuff so like uh, mx versus atv all that sort of thing so i did like the kind of dirt scrambler bike type stuff obviously not really a comparable to um kind of track racing but the thing that really stood out to me about the actual feel compared to other bike games is that it does actually feel as if you're controlling like two separate entities as daft as that sounds like it feels like you have a little bit of control over the rider and the first kind of part of the movements and then you almost feel the bike kind of going along with that once again very very naive way of describing it because i don't have that much experience in you know, riding a bike in real life at all and then in racing games not that much but it's for me like I've always felt when I play other motorcycle games, I still kind of treat them as car racing games and, and kind of go about the handling in that way. 
But in this game, it more felt it felt totally different, purely because it does feel as if you you almost kind of start to think earlier about coming into the corner because you you've got to do that physical motion of actually yeah. leaning into it before the bike actually moves as well. And it does actually come across well in the, in the physics. And I mean, Chris, we're having a very, very short chat just before the pod started recording about the, the way in some turns, for example, in your head, you think, oh, I can make that. But like, if, you, if you're slightly offline or, or you come into it at a slightly wrong angle, you do feel it because the, the movement of the body can only go so far. So you, yeah. you do end up in situations where it's like, I would describe it as horrendous understeer, purely based on <laughs> car driving, but it's probably more in line with the way it would actually be on a bike if you were racing it, if you did leave it even like a millisecond too long. I feel as if the margins are a lot shorter when there's like two, two kind of entities acting in harmony, machine and man. Yeah, well with the car you can always save it, right? Like if you miss, unless you've you've hit the brakes horribly late, you can always adjust your line mid corner. You'll lose a lot of speed, but like you can always make those corrections. And I, mm -hmm. if there's one thing that like bike racing games have taught me, it's that that you have to commit early, and however you commit is what's going to happen. Like there's like there's almost no adjustment you can make mid corner to save yourself. You're just like this is it. Like it's it's almost it's almost like you're 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 kind of you know as you're entering the corner, you can see your fate and. You just kind of have to accept it and that was always a hard thing for me to to accept as i was like learning how to be fast in a game like tourist trophy it's funny because it is a really great teacher of racecraft and the way that a, a vehicle goes around a track very quickly because it teaches you how important your lines are your braking markers are and i think the most important thing for me was when i when i used to play it i would use the joysticks, I'd use the thumbsticks, and the right one was my gas and brake, mm. and then I'd steer with the other one because I was able to modulate the mid-corner throttle a lot more precisely that way. Right. And as long as you've got a little bit on there at the apex and then you can crank it up as you're leaving the corner, you're gonna be just fine in this game. But it's a lot like real life. It was really astonishing like how well that translated in this game. Um, just like using the brakes, you would think, well, you just you hit them really hard and you slow the bike down and then you tip it into the corner but they they've got the front and rear brake options so you can apply them independently and it made a huge difference as far as if you if you didn't know to hit the rear brake button you'd be losing like 25 percent of your stopping power and that's also a great way of you know you sort of mentioned like going too deep into a corner if you sort of just trail brake a little bit with the rear brake you can whip the bike around a little bit tighter into the apex yeah. save it and then leave the corner again all that stuff is is real world physics it's really cool how they captured it um and it was so easy to understand just jumping into it or, or like the longer you played it it all just made sense it felt um, like you were always in control and you could predict how fast or, or slow you needed to take a corner. Um, a lot of bike games suffer from this terrible problem of just vagueness in a lot of the, um, the, the steering. You're never able to actually like crank the bike over far enough and make the corner. It, it seems like you hit your max turning angle very quickly and they, they, you can't crank more on right at the apex. Um, and in this game, you can adjust your rider stance and your the body position um depending on what you're riding and depending on how aggressive you want to be and it actually has a, a impact 
on how quickly you can corner the bike back and forth and throw it back over left to right, um, stuff like that. So it was really cool how that was translated. It just felt natural. All of these other bike games that I play, I like Ride 4, I play Ride 4, but I have to use the racing line because I can't predict how much I need to slip <laughs> down before a corner. I, I just can't feel it no matter how much or how little I play it. Same for MotoGP. Um, I think that's a milestone game too. They're, they're recent titles, but same thing. I, I just don't know how much I need to slow down. Um, I like the way that the back end sort of steps out if you're really aggressive with the power, um, but I have to use the line. I, I don't have any feeling in that game. Yeah, and you bring up the the rider position is so interesting. So they're like they've basically replaced your ability. You can sort of set up your bike and like make fine tune adjustments to, like the suspension and stuff like that. But like they've pretty much replaced the ability to do that in Gran Turismo with like the ability to change your rider's form with this incredibly like deep arcane menu with like twenty five different parameters and like. It's wild to me, like, I never appreciated when I played this game at the time how extensive those options were. Because, like, when you go into a race, you can choose, like, do you want to do more of, like, a lean bike focus or, like, a lean body focus? And they have one for, like, motard riding, which is pretty much unnecessary because the game doesn't really have, like, dirt tracks or anything like that. But, um, yeah, that, that menu, like, I see it and I'm just, like, I don't... I don't know what to make of this, but it's really cool. This is a game like I imagine like somebody has documented like what all of those things do individually and how to like get the best possible setup, you know, of of your rider. It's it's weird to talk about it in that context, but like you're talking about, you know, setting up a, a human being rather than a bike. Yeah, it's cool because it had a lot of different bikes. There were I think there was like a DRZ 400 Supermoto. There were a good number of classics and naked bikes even the race modified ones that was awesome like the brutale um lots of race modified bikes too speed, like they, yeah the speed it, even the speed triple race modified like they took a standard bike with handlebars and they race modified and they, they slapped a flat plate on the front and it goes really fast and it's cool but you can use that motard style to get that bike around the corners a little bit quicker okay i see yeah, I love that they applied like the classic GT sort of theme of like we'll make racing versions of everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Like there's uh I think there's like the Yamaha VMAX scooter or whatever. There's a racing <laughs> version of it. It's it's hilarious, but like that's that's classic polyphony. Yeah. It's a GRB. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And you know it's funny because some people who who have followed Gran Turismo for a long time will note that like when they were previewing Gran Turismo HD, there was that curious menu where you saw the bikes on the same page as like the cars on the car selection screen, and nothing ever came of that. Um, but I actually have. I, I was trying to do some research before this show, and uh, One Up had did had done an interview with Kaz around the time that uh, this game came out. And he said that back at the studio, we do have test machines where we can display both cars and bikes on the same tracks just for experiments. Perhaps maybe in the future, we might have a title where we might have both. This time around, the reason why they've been separated is only a technical reason with the performance limitations of the PlayStation 2. So at this point in time, they wanted to have a game with both, but they couldn't do it. And it's, I really am wondering why they like kind of, of, of moved back from that plan 
for GT5 or on the PS3. Um, but you can understand it for Tourist Trophy on the PS2 because, like, they they push the system to the max. You they they instead of having six you know vehicles on track, you now have four. But like, the yeah. bikes are so complex. The riders all have their own animations that, like, for the time are very convincing. Um, you can even see that, like, when you're in a time trial or you're the only rider on the track. The animations will be very smooth but if you're in a race with three other bikes which is the maximum the animations will almost be like frame rate of like the actual game they'll, they'll play back at like 30 or 20. um yeah i i, I i'm kind of surprised that my playstation 2 doesn't like smolder when it when it runs this game because it's just doing so much stuff on the technical side it was so interesting that um, you mentioned them them sort of in tandem, the, the cars and bikes. If anything, I expected it almost like GT6 time, because GT4 was such a big project, 5 was such a big project. Um, that would have been the perfect opportunity to just mess around a little bit. And um, they still just had me begging every day, <laughs> every day for just a hint of something, some acknowledgement that there's a project. I think as well, like, maybe this is a slightly controversial take, right? But it seems like Polyphony nailed motorbiking better than they ever nailed rally driving. So it's like, <laughs> rally yeah. driving still continues to exist in GT, but it, it's absolutely, it doesn't actually approximate rally in any way, but they're one go at getting riding right, and they seem to have got it bang on, and then they just, well, not bang on, but for the time, very good. And then they just dropped it, even though clearly there were plans at some point for a GTHD and, well, like you were saying, Adam, they even tested both types of vehicle on the track at once. It is very peculiar that they never explored it again, because once again, a bit of naivety for me to say, but I'm assuming licensing and stuff might be a bit easier on the more bike side of things, outside of the more GP and stuff, so it's not like... It would cost them an extra, a, a huge amount of money compared to licensing cars and stuff. But maybe I don't know. It's polyphony. They work in strange ways. Of all the things to cut, um, when you consider the scope of GT5 at one point, it's kind of strange how they, they never did look into tourist trophy again. I didn't need the moon landing. I just wanted like three bikes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And this game, you know, I I forgot. Uh, it might have been Fernando on the Discord. I can't remember who it was, but whoever you are, uh, somebody pointed out that this game was not directed by Kaz, which I, I completely forgot. So the the main uh, individual behind this game uh, who directed it was a guy by the name of Takamasa Shichisawa, and he. It seems like he was hired by Polyphony for the express purpose of making Tourist Trophy because he used to. Um, he says that I, I found his LinkedIn, which in and of itself is kind of funny. And uh, he still works at Polyphony to this day, but he says that he used to be a, or he he's experienced in motorcycle racing or something like that. So um, the guy, the guy knows his stuff and it was like his dream to make a game like this. And apparently like two weeks into being hired, he asked Kaz like, why are he, uh, he like put it to Kaz? Like you guys make these amazing games for, for cars. Like, can't you try to do one for bikes as well? And Kaz said, "Okay, well, you, you, you seem you know you seem pretty knowledgeable. You seem jazzed about it. Why don't you do it?" Um, and so he did. And the result was pretty incredible. Um, so Kaz kind of took a back seat on this one. Uh, he said that like on GT4, Kaz did. He he 
is so hands-on that like he even like fine-tuned i don't know if he does this anymore but at the time he even was responsible for like picking the times of like the license test golds and silvers wow. and stuff like that <laughs> like he was that hands-on but for tourist trophy he, he kind of took a step back and um let chichi sawa uh dictate the game and um you know i can't say that it felt like i mean obviously like polyphony is such a they're such an enigmatic like they're they're their own thing like they're such a unique team that like all of their games kind of feel similar um so i i never saw that as i played tourist trophy but looking back i can kind of understand it and uh over years kaz has talked about like you know maybe maybe going back to tourist trophy and making a new one but it's always in that way of like well i know people want it maybe one day <laughs> here we are still waiting <laughs> some yeah, acknowledgement yeah. that's all yeah. 10 years so within 10 years i think we'd be stoked <laughs> <laughs> so something polyphony is good at is acknowledging what people want actually yes they're <laughs> very good it's a different thing that. yeah they're very good at um acknowledging what you want and telling you why you can't have it um, that's <laughs> that is the polyphony way uh i found so as as related to this i i found this amazing uh interview i i guess it was the same one but at the end at the end it kind of goes into like because this was around time of tourist trophy right so there's also gtpsp and people are you know starting to talk about gt5 obviously and at the end um I guess one one up asks a question like can you give us an update on gtpsp and uh kaz is like it does exist we're working on it do people a question for you is do people out there really have high hopes for gtpsp and then the guy from one up says i think so i mean people are really excited when it was announced and then kaz goes another question which do you think people would want more first uh gran turismo on the ps3 or gran turismo on the psp and then the guy goes i guess the ps3 but maybe you could have like the psp version like three months or six months or something before gt5 and the response is kazunori yamauchi just laughs like that he just he just laughs like knowing knowing where they were at this time and like how they were making like three different games at the same time and like we're yeah. woefully behind on all of them it's it's kind of hilarious yeah, it's a pretty strange response to a question where the the kind of snark comes from their own scope. <laughs> it's like they're the ones that have decided to take on all these projects, and it's like, well, what game do you want to choose <laughs> rather than like maybe we should focus on one title and then move to the next? Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that now they, I mean, GT Seven has a lot of problems, but I, I guess it would have more problems if they were trying to make multiple games at one time, right? So that's yeah. that's one way to look at it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, overall, Brent, like, have you have you enjoyed Tourist Trophy? Uh, you you played it. I think I, I set you up with the emulator, right? You did indeed. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Emulated it perfectly legally. I own a copy, and <laughs> yes, oh, when I say right, set right. up, I mean I <laughs> I I told Brent where to get the emulator, and he yes. he burned his own copy of Tourist Trophy to his PC's hard drive, as you do. We all do that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was interesting playing what almost feels like a GT game from like a, another timeline in some ways. Like the the way that the career and stuff is structured is so different to what GT was at that point in time. 
and the immediacy of it all really impressed me. Just that way where I come into the game and because I didn't know that much about it at all, I was expecting a very standard GT mode like experience and you don't get it there as we, we talked about earlier. The, the way of having the license test, because of course core part of GT, you have to have them in there. You've got that, but then the main kind of bulk of the, the game, in my opinion, and the most fun part is that challenge mode of, all right, here's all these bikes, go go get, go get challenge them. If you've got the licenses, then find the bike you want, beat it in a 1v1 race or, or whatever kind of criteria there is, and then you get to unlock it and you can use it in more standard races and that sort of thing. It was a nice streamlined approach to a game that, Pro probably needs more than GT does to really introduce players to the gameplay loop and how the physics work. So it's really interesting how it almost feels like that's replicated in the game design that it's not a case of drive this scooter for six hours until you get to the slightly <laughs> higher class of bike, that sort of thing. Because, I mean, I, I'm sorry if this is sacrilege to say, Chris, but I think most people prefer driving cars and racing games and stuff. So like a lot of people try to play uh, this game for the first time will probably want to get the most fun experience possible and and the game gets you there pretty quickly i was shocked at how quickly you could get into driving the fastest bikes and stuff um from a gameplay perspective as well i was very impressed with the first person camera in this game um the, the yeah, sense of yeah. speed is incredible in the way that the role and the works. and it doesn't make you sick like mo like no, in ride no. i can't because it pivots pretty much directly as if the camera is on a GoPro mounted on the bike. So like there's very little like head movement to stabilize the movement of the motorcycle. And in this game, you can actually competently ride from that first person camera. I was, I don't know why anyone can't do it as well. <laughs> no, it's really good. Um, it's a little bit more stable. I, I think the issue with the newer games that try to copy something like that or, or do their own version of it is it looks incredibly cinematic, but it's mm. it needs some sort of image stabilization. You're just bouncing around all over the place. You can't find where you're where you're aiming for on track. It, it's a little messy, and this was right. um, a little less chaotic and just what you need if you're going to play a game. Unfortunately, it can't be completely realistic because when you're riding a bike in real life, your eyes are doing the balancing for you, even though you might be bobbing all over the place. Um, you need some sort of middle ground. Yeah, I think like the, the comparison I had in my head was like the Drive Club bikes camera, for example, does a lot of the speed emphasis with the shaking of the camera that you feel is the actual display as opposed to the, dry, uh, the, the rider on the bike, whereas in Tourist Trophy it seems to have that bit more respect to what you're supposed to be seeing it through the eyes of who's actually riding the bike. Yeah, uh, I, I want to bring up the whole gear element of this game because they were really pushing that like another thing that I guess kind of facilitates the metaphor of like the, the human in this equation being like the thing that you customize is that you don't like there aren't really any customizations for the motorcycles. I think lots of the street bikes have like um, carbon uh, mufflers that you could put on. Um, but for the most part, it's it's just, you know, the the jacket or whatever the top is that your rider has in their pants. You can pick gloves, you can pick helmets, which for the time was pretty novel. Obviously, today is is not so much. But um, I was talking about this game. Actually, on Jalopnik, we streamed it uh, one afternoon. And uh, my coworker uh, and friend, Jose, 
uh, who rides and like is like a bigger, arguably like a bigger like motorcycle guy even than the than the car guy. Um, he was blown away by the fact that the game had uh, Kushitani um, like pieces in it, like uh, uh, gloves and like uh, jackets and jeans and stuff like that. And I don't know if that was like. Yeah, Chris, I know you're more in this world. You, you you have worked for companies that deal with these these uh you know brands and stuff. So mm-hmm. how how the gear stuff strikes you? It's awesome. Um, stuff yeah. like that is really cool to see. Um, they have the big names. They have the the really specialized smaller scale names as well. All of it's real. It's all licensed gear. Um, so it's really cool to experience something that you probably don't necessarily relate to as much when you're doing the car stuff a lot of these people who are playing this game also ride in real life and they're gonna have to wear something their stuff is in that game and it's really fun to identify that and you can pick the brands that you own or pick the exact items that you own and ride your dream bike or whatever like it's really stupid and really corny to say (laughs) but like back then it was so novel probably for me just because it was one of the early earliest like crossover of of real life experiences i had with it um but the fact that it was all real identifiable stuff was awesome um like my dad had a bunch of the arise stuff floating around and like these alpine star gloves and i was like wait a minute like that's right over in the corner of this room like i'm gonna go put that on and like go ride a ducati and it, it was just really fun and and exciting to do as a as a kid um recognizing that stuff which is which is the first time it's ever really happened for me. I mean to to date this uh, because you know we talked about when we got into Taurus Trophy, you and I, Chris, and uh, I loaded up my old save, uh, you know that that dates back to like 2008 or 2009, and of course I not only named because you can name your player in this game, which is mm-hmm. I completely forgot about, but I named him Stig, and uh, <laughs> I had him in because i don't think they had a completely white suit in that game so i think i made him the original sig i gave him like the black simpson helmet (laughs) the black yeah the black suit and the black pants and yeah so um that that really describes a time you know back in back in the late 2000s when like top gear was (laughs) all anyone ever watched oh my god i'm glad you mentioned the gear stuff though because that's the one thing that i wanted to mention was maybe missed on a lot of people who don't have any hands-on experience with riding or that stuff but if you do you were probably really into it like super stoked that they had a full catalog real stuff your stuff was probably in it um that was really really cool and and you could have all your different profiles of of presets and stuff like i think you can have like four um yeah yeah it was sick yeah and like to I feel like I'm bashing on Milestone a lot this episode, and I mean, lots of people do, but like, to, to give credit to Ride, uh, they have taken it further. Like, I, I do have Ride 4 on the PS5. I haven't fired it up in some time, but like, there is so much gear in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. And they have even more brands now because, you know, they're the game's bigger, and, and I think companies now maybe understand that there's a lot of potential there. Um, Brendan, to your point about like motorcycle manufacturers and like suppliers and stuff, maybe be maybe being like more interested in playing ball. Like car makers, you know, they don't they almost don't have to do marketing because everybody, whether you are a car person or you're not, like or you're not an enthusiast, like everybody needs a car. So it's like 
they don't have to really lift a finger. They just do it, and and they have you know they have the uh, they have the developers and the publishers with the bill for it. But in the yeah. case of like a motorcycle game, like yeah, where what other opportunities are they going to have to get new people into riding? You know, it's not like motorcycle racing isn't especially in the U.S. It's not huge. Um, you know, I, I I can understand why uh, they would find something like this very appealing. Yeah, to me, just from an outsider's perspective, it does seem as if it's that classic polyphony flavour of getting what makes something popular for the people who really like it. So prioritising the gear side of things over bike modifications, I'm assuming for most riders it is that idea of choosing your own suits and choosing your own helmets that's the fun part and not maybe <laughs> applying a spoiler or something <laughs> to your bike. <laughs> Um, so like it, it's good that the focus went there and then also the fact that it was all branded stuff as well because one of the, the reasons that GT became so popular was the way it was able to embed real working class car culture and with the supercar, hypercar, need for speed driven era of, of racing so in a way Tourist Trophy tries to tackle that as well I think through the whole the gear side of things and really prioritising that and, to be honest, it's interesting just when you make those milestone comparisons again because actually, I recently bought MXGP3 for the Switch for like £1.59 just because <laughs> I was curious to see like from a handling perspective what that's like and obviously that's a different type of more, more bikes and that sort of thing but it, it kind of harkens back to that idea that what Polyphony were doing from a physics point of view is, is still very complex compared to some other games because um, MSGP goes down that route. I think you say that in your GT Planet article, Adam, where it's more like the input lag facilitates the, the gap between the vehicle and the rider. And, yeah. and those games are still using that method of representing the gameplay, whereas at the time, Tourist Trophy had a different approach. And, and like the gear thing in terms of aesthetics, I think from a physics point of view, the reason that the bike people love this game so much is because it maybe understands that the thrill of the raid so to speak and, and it does a good job of that yeah it, it's always something i've been interested to unpack like going back to that article and, and asking chris so many questions because like it's uh, already like i feel like even if you ride right like the idea of distilling an experience like that to a controller is incredibly abstract like you can do it with a car because at the end of the day, you are sitting stationary and you are controlling a wheel. And like, obviously, if you have a sim racing wheel, like, you know, all the better. But if you don't, like, you can sort of get how that maps out to an analog stick. But when you're talking about something that involves like so many, so many moving parts, yourself being one of them. And like, um, that's honestly a reason why, like, I don't know how much experience either of you have had playing games like that in arcades. Um, but like I remember, there was a uh, there was like a roller rink or a bowling alley, something that had like a super hang on cabinet, and it had the you could get on the bike. And obviously, we're talking about a game from 1985, so there's nothing realistic about it. But like I just found it so. I remember being a kid, especially because you're so small, and just finding it so incredibly laborious and painful <laughs> to just like have to like lean and stuff. And it's obviously. You know, as you lean, like there's there's all these minute movements you can do when you're on the the gigantic fake bike, but like that only maps to like six degrees of movement in like Super <laughs> Hang On, so it, it's just you end up overcorrecting and and uh, I wonder like 
has anyone tried to make or would it be possible to make like would there would there be any point in like handlebars like like sim racing handlebars <laughs> sim racing handlebars <laughs> um, i'm really trying to think before i answer uh, well, because they have they have flight yokes. Obviously, I know that's like what you actually use, you know. But like, I, I just I I've always I thought about is is there a way that they could make this a little bit more authentic? Definitely, there's just no game for it. Like, I'm not gonna play yeah. ride with it because it won't work. Um, <laughs> I probably would play tourist trophy with it, or or if somebody like made something for it. Um, yeah, it would actually be kind of rad. Yeah. Well, you know. Hopefully we can get somebody at Fanatec on it, and uh, yeah, it'll be like a thousand dollars, but it'll be great. <laughs> Frostmaster actually gave it a go. They oh, made, okay. Uh, the Frostmaster Freestyler controller for PlayStation Two. I got, I got to look this wow. up. And it looks pretty fucking funny. <laughs> now I'm also thinking, like, wait, what was it called? Three Styler. Freestyler. Freestyler. Oh, that that sounds yeah. like that sounds like a condom. Um, <laughs> was, <laughs> yeah, I see it's it. Your lifestyle. It looks like uh, it almost looks like um, <laughs> like the trucks on like the bottom of a skateboard or something. <laughs> it's just kind <laughs> of stubby like that. Do you yeah. sit on this controller and like that's how it anchors <laughs> down like between your legs? <laughs> That's what I was trying to work out as well, because the bottom wow. is detachable, seemingly, based on another photo, unless somebody's just took the the seat thingy off or whatever that's supposed to be. Um, it's interesting, it, because it looks like you steer the handlebars instead of they're basically locked together and you angle them left and right. It's yeah, more yeah. of a the opposite axis of leaning a bike over. You're steering the handlebars. Yeah, which is very strange because there's a Yamaha pack-in version of it, but it's clearly advertising a scrambler bike, a jet ski, um, a quad bike, that sort of thing. So play a wave uh, race with this. That's great. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, this uh, this Freestyler USB, maybe we can find it on the uh, on eBay. It supports Windows ninety eight, ME two thousand, <laughs> or XP. So. Somebody can go. try and play Sebastian Loeb rally uh, with it, or not not that one. What's uh, Richard Don't Burns rally? Me, mate. You know how much I love playing racing games with <laughs> inopportune input methods. In the worst, in the worst way possible. There <laughs> yeah. are YouTube videos for it. Um, we're gonna, we're, yeah, we're gonna lobby Thrustmaster to make a new one. Yeah, I like how sure. all the demos are uh, people playing the crew too with these handlebars. <laughs> 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 oh that's so that's so interesting yeah i wonder if anyone's tried to do because the classic thing you do with like at, at, when you're playing a video game is if you have like some sort of weird input method you use it to play the wrong game right so you yeah. try and play like halo with like the rock band guitar or, like i wonder yeah i wonder if somebody's ever used this to to play iRacing or something that would be entertaining <laughs> here's your one week ban <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah you won't you won't last very long um yeah i mean uh that i don't know i feel like we covered a lot about tourist trophy um usually we have like multiple games to talk about in these episodes but this one's like just focus on tourist trophy so like does anybody have any any like parting thoughts or like things that we didn't get to cover yet i have one question for you guys um i already know 
what I what I specifically have in mind, but like when you were playing this recently, was there anything that you came across that you were like the the weirdest thing about it or like the wildest thing about it? Like for example, for me, if you go too hot into a corner sometimes and you just try to turn it in and like maybe you'll make it, maybe you won't, doesn't matter. The bike is not cooperating. It's still standing straight up. But now it begins to steer like 30 degrees to the left or right, whichever direction you're trying to turn, but it's still perfectly upright. And then you high side. Mm. Like they, they couldn't quite get the <laughs> crashing down whatsoever. You do some very unrealistic sliding on ice maneuvers and then you crash. And it was always so funny that it everything was so accurate up until that point. And then I've never <laughs> seen anything worse in my life. Like, did you yeah. come across anything weird like that? The the crashes, and I, I never came across anything like that, because I'm trying to imagine what you said in, in my head, and I think I got it, and that sounds very strange and almost like a glitch or something. I never encountered anything like that, but just broadly speaking, the crashes in this game are so funny, because you could tell in that classic polyphony way, they were like, we don't like we want to as accurately as possible represent absolutely everything until the moment something bad happens because <laughs> that's the way we're about about racing games too so like yeah when you when you like fall off the bike like i remember in the old school moto gp games like the ones that like climax made that were actually good on like the mm -hmm. original xbox 360 like they would do like these very dramatic like they would have the camera on the rider and they would have all these ragdoll effects and they would have like the moto gp like just on the tv like moto gp used to do on the time at the time mm -hmm. with their broadcast they would have like the logo flash across the screen and you'd be back on your bike and then this game is just like a hard cut it's like something happened to your rider they did their two frames of animation that we did for them when they fall off the bike and now they're just kind of like in They've, they've achieved like they're like rigor more this like they're like in this like hard position on the ground and we're just going to cut back to the race again yeah, it's like a t-pose but you're just like in the rider <laughs> like in the the fetal position stuck they, there forever they almost always end up falling off the bike in the exact same position as they were when they were riding it you know yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like they're just being born but over off in the gravel track with a concussion <laughs> Yeah, I was also yeah. surprised at like the the difficulty you get trying to bring your rider off the bike when you crash head on with walls and stuff. Because naturally, one of the first things I decided to try was a head on collision and classic GT once again. It's just yeah. like you, you slightly nudge a wall when you're going around a corner on the side, and then you feel the impact of the bike wavering and then falling. But if you go head on into walls in this game, sometimes it's just like, ah, just keep going, you're all good. <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is this is especially if you're on the track with walls that are very close to the road or the inside of a corner so like trial mountain the first sector or like the second sector or like uh uh cease or uh special stage route five this happened to me a lot um in those like s's after the tunnel where like i cut it too close and the replay camera or the cam the broadcast camera after the crash is my motorcycle continuing perfectly on the path that it was intended for <laughs> my rider is not on you can have a lot of fun in this game it, or it's almost like um because remember in burnout paradise right they they couldn't model the riders being hurt so whenever there was a crash, your rider would disappear and the bike would be destroyed alone. Yeah. Did anybody do photo mode ever? Because I haven't. So so the photo mode in this game is weird. It, you can't 
control you don't have the same range of control that you do in other gran turismo games so instead they basically just like generate like auto generate shots after the race and then you can like select the best ones that you like and just like put them into an album yeah yeah it's pretty strange. But you don't actually do anything yeah you can't move the camera you can't yeah there's there's no it's not even like and the funny thing is like i can sort of I don't know. Maybe maybe it was too hard on the system. Maybe they didn't want to like. Um, uh, they they just thought that they didn't have the resources to do it. But I was surprised that there's no like static background photo mode. Like you know, you go to a, a location mm -hmm. yeah, and you're not racing, escapes type thing. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that that wasn't in the game. I guess it's all right because typically the angles that they pick for their replay, they're very good about their replays. And yeah, yeah showing you all that stuff from the the last race that you had so i would probably trust that they have got some some good angles and they take it at the right time and all that um they're it's really enjoyable to watch a lot of their replays um just as background yeah yeah gran turismo always has been the best with replays for sure yeah i mean lasting thoughts is i just you know be great to have a tourist trophy too i don't even have any notes about what i'd want from it i just want more like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah one, one of the it. things i wanted to call out as well was the presentation of course is, is really really good and uh, there's one very specific small detail might be silly to bring up that i really liked was like on the time trial option like on the, the main menu there's like a stopwatch and the stopwatch actually like goes and stops depending yeah. on if you're highlighting it so it goes from like zero to 60 and then you set back to zero but if it's like on 14 seconds on the stopwatch and you move off of the icon it keeps the 14 seconds intact and then when you, you flip back it goes again such a small stupid detail but i get a lot of amusement out of that yeah and and real quick this game has a really good soundtrack too like i never went out of my way to listen to it but you can find the whole thing on youtube it also has some hilarious songs like the song that plays in the garage just makes me laugh <laughs> it's like this endless flute that just sounds like i, I don't know it's almost like a, a a film of like someone like falling over from the 40s or something like that that might play where you're supposed to like watch like this old newsreel and be like uh oh, like laugh at a guy who's like having a rough day like that's it's a kind of like song it is i don't know if that'll make any sense to anybody but it just makes me laugh um I have to play the game to find out what does yeah no it's just it's just when you're in the garage it's just like <laughs> i don't know um but yeah uh that's that's tourist trophy that is tourist trophy and i guess that's gonna do it uh Chris, thanks so much for being on. Uh, very, very happy to have your expertise on this one. And I know I knew that uh, if you're ever going to be on an episode, like this is this is definitely the one because you, yeah. uh, you love this game. <laughs> I yeah. do, I do. I appreciate the uh, the invite, and um, yeah, I, I'm already thinking about this anyway. So like, might as well just do a pod about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we usually ask our guests uh, if there is anything anything they want to say or plug. Uh, I I know you you don't really you know have anything on the internet. But do you want people to follow you? I don't know. No, no, don't worry nope. about me. I, nope. I don't okay. exist. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want people to follow you in real life either, Chris. <laughs> Docks um, you on the phone. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, well, you can follow. You can follow time extend, of course. The time underscore extend, and uh, we have a Discord. So, 
if you would like to to join it um just give us a dm on twitter and we will get you in there and uh yeah we have uh i i'm just i'm just gonna i don't know if i should announce the forthcoming episode what do you think brent should i all right so we're working on episode to get uh uh our two favorite people um you know excluding present company of course uh andrew elmore (laughs) and john linneman uh back on the show to talk about some uh you know how to how to how to have a good experience playing old racing games, and those those guys know so much. Um, it's really just gonna be me sitting and just like listening with like my my hand on my on my chin, <laughs> just being like, hmm, okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's gonna be very exciting, very exciting for that. But, yeah, uh, that'll be fantastic. So we cameo from myself as well, telling you the best worst ways to play games. <laughs> yeah. So we gave gave you the idea, Brendan. You're like you guys. It sounds like you guys have that one covered. But maybe I can do like a, a side thing where I tell you like the shittiest way to play like Gran Turismo three, and I'm like that. That's perfect with those motorcycle handlebars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. I've already taken a note to find the exact game that yeah. those would be the best worst ways to play. On an, on an emulator on a Windows XP PC because that's what you need to use the handlebars. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thanks everyone as always for listening to Time Extend. We'll see you again soon. Cheers, guys.